Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 32, our final episode on misconceptions about the ACT and how to avoid them, part three. My goal is to get practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. So as I've discussed the last two episodes, I hear a lot of people tell students what they should do to raise their scores. And sometimes what they're telling them, it's accurate. But far too many times, it's not. And this third part of the series, I'm going to go over several more misconceptions and hopefully clear up some confusion and maybe even give you a little insight that might help you increase scores and understand the test better. So I hope you've enjoyed the last two episodes. I've enjoyed uh, kind of clearing some of those things that I hear a lot where sometimes I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, no, that's not right. And other times, you know, it's just innocent. It's like, okay, well, I've heard this. Is it true? And I clear it up. So uh, this week, I'm going to touch on a few more and... uh, a couple of these are, are pretty interesting, so I'm, I hope you'll listen and, and you'll hopefully gain quite a bit from these. And I'm going to jump right in this week uh, because uh, I'm, uh, I want to make sure that I get all of these covered uh, since this is going to be the end of the three-part series. So let's get started with the first one for this week. You can cheat on the ACT, and as long as you don't get caught, it's okay. This is a misconception. Now, I'm not going to get into a discussion on morals and ethics here. I'm going to focus on a legal discussion. It is obvious that morally and ethically, it would be wrong to cheat on the ACT. I don't think I even need to discuss that on this podcast. But I want to talk about the legal ramifications of cheating on an ACT. And when we say, as long as you don't get caught, it's okay. Um, you know, I, I, I could say a lot about that phrase right there. Um, you know, I, I think uh, uh, I read a great book called Alone in the Dark. It was about the Golden State Killer. Great. But if you like true crime, man, it was a great one. I don't want to spoil it for you. But the bottom line is that guy went decades after he had done all of those terrible things And I'm sure he was thinking, well, as long as I don't get caught, I'm okay. Yeah, well, that's a heck of a way to live. And, you know, uh, man, eventually, uh, more times than not, you're going to get caught. And I don't want you to live your life like that. And so, obviously, you wouldn't want to cheat. But I want to just go ahead and address this as a huge misconception. A lot of students say, hey, it's no big deal, you know, it's just a test, I'm just cheating on this test, whatever. And then some students are like, well, you know, it's what are they going to do to you? I mean, what if you do get caught? They're going to throw out your score? Well, th- that's not exactly how this works. You see, your ACT score directly relates to how much scholarship money you receive. Now, receiving scholarship money means that you're going to have a check that's going to be cashed or money given to you by the state or by the government. 
And you're going to use that money or spend that money for your education expenses. So there is money designated and you spend it. Now, here's the problem. Let's say that I wrote a fake check and I cashed that fake check and I spent that money and then I got caught. I'm going to get charged with a crime because it's fraud. Now, a lot of students will think, well, yeah, but I'm, you know, I was 17 when I did it. Who, who cares? I'm a minor. What are they going to do to me? You may have been 17 when you committed the fraud, but you were 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 when you were cashing those checks. So be prepared for criminal charges being filed against you as an adult. Now, I knew a person who cheated on his ACT and he won a lot of money. He won $35,000. Well, luckily he got caught before he cashed his first check. Now I'm not going to tell the story necessarily of how it all went down. It's a fascinating story, but, uh, uh, he, he did get caught and he had to go before his college admissions board and tell them how he cheated, what he did, the whole works. And then one of the members of the board said this, you are so lucky that you got caught before you started cashing those checks. He said, if you would have come here for four years, graduated, having taken that $35,000 scholarship under false pretenses and graduated, he said, we would have charged you with fraud. You would have had to repay the $35,000. You'd have had to pay us another $35,000 for the four years you came to school here. So now you're out $70,000. You earned a degree under false pretenses. So now you lose your degree, four years of school for nothing. And then the fraud charge comes into play, which at that time they told him, and I don't know how accurate this was, but they told him it was finable up to 10 years in prison, $200,000. It's not worth it. Don't cheat on an ACT. And I'm amazed how many times I work with people who think they can cheat and it's going to be okay. I worked with one student and he was, uh, it was a special circumstance and he was doing a test. And I remember he told me, um, we, I was teaching him about how to keep time on the ACT. And he, he just looked over at him and he goes, ah, oh, he said, they'll give me extra time. I'm like, no, they won't. Are you crazy? He's like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll give me extra time. I'm like, I don't know who you think you are, but they're not going to cheat. I'm like, no, you, you're not going to have extra time. And I found out later that the test administrator called time on the first test. And I, I was told, the, the test administrator told the story that he just looked up at him and then he looked back down and kept testing. And the administrator said, put your pencil down right now or I'm throwing you out of this test. And he said the guy could not believe that they were going to enforce that rule with him. And the test administrator said he quit testing. He didn't take the last three sections. Unbelievable. So yeah, you can't cheat. There's a lot at stake here. The ACT, it, it equates to money, a lot of money. And if you're going to cash checks based on false pretenses or fraudulent numbers, well, there's consequences to that. So you should never cheat on the ACT. It's not worth it. And 
really, it's morally and ethically wrong anyway. So yeah, let's don't do it. The next misconception, and I hear this one a lot. The real ACT prep book, the one written by ACT, is the best prep book. It's the one you need because it's the real one and it's written by ACT. This is completely false. I will promise you, the magician does not reveal his tricks. Look, the real ACT prep guy, that's the... That's the dumbest title ever because it almost implies, hey, this is the one that's for real. All the others are fake. Yeah, sorry. That's whatever. I mean, come on, ACT. You're better than that. No, well, maybe not. I don't know. What, what in the world? And listen, the, the only justification to that or the only justification anyone can use for that is that there are actual ACT tests inside that book. Well, you can get real ACT tests uh, a lot of places besides buying that book. Okay. And so I don't look, do you think ACT is going to tell you ways to beat the test? No, the, the, look, the, the biggest fear of any standardized testing company is that the test can be beaten. ACT does not want that to happen. They want it to be that this is a true measurement of your abilities and a reflection of how you're going to perform in college. So their biggest fear is that you'd be able to beat the test. There's no way that they are going to tell you the tricks to beat the test that they're creating, that they're trying to protect. They're not going to do that. So what is that book? It's going to be very general test prep that you could get anywhere, but they're not going to tell you ways to beat the test. So here's all I tell students. If you want to use that book, Use it for the practice tests in it because they're real old ACT tests. By the way, you can get them somewhere else for free or whatever. But if, if you really, that's the only thing I would use that for. That's it. I would use books that will give me the tricks, give me the insight to beat the test. You're not, look, you're not just trying to do some exercises just to be doing exercises. You want to know the tricks. I want to know how to beat the system. I want to know, tell me the rules of the game. Now tell me how to play that game within those rules. You'll get that in other books. You will not get that in ACT's book. The magician never reveals his tricks. They're not going to tell you how to do the magic trick. So the real ACT prep book by ACT, it's the last book I would buy. Again, the only reason why I would need that book or the value of that book would be for those real ACT tests. I'll get those other places. I, I don't need a, I don't need a, pay ACT more money than I'm already paying. We're paying ACT a bazillion dollars. So it's just ridiculous. There's no way that you should ever buy that book. And it's just a joke. I mean, no, just, yeah, that's a huge misconception. It's one that drives me crazy. It's just ridiculous. So whatever the real ACT prep book, whatever. All right. Next up on the list, you need a graphing calculator for the ACT. This is a misconception. A lot of people believe that you need to have the TI-83+, TI-84+, TI-Inspire, um, one of these fancy Casios, whatever, in order to do the math questions of the ACT. It's not true. That's a misconception. You don't need a graphing calculator for the ACT. All right, so we say, now, wait a minute. If I don't need it, that's one thing, but does it help? 
Well, what I would say is the, the, the programmable calculators have a lot of capability that can help you. And I just did a whole episode on what are the calculator rules this week. And I describe all that. Just go back a few episodes. You're going to see that. Um, and I definitely would listen to that episode. But the graphing portion of the calculator is not something you'll use during the test. Could you use it? Possibly. But man, we don't have a lot of extra time on the test. So if I'm having to take time to make graphs and stuff, I don't, you know, that's probably not going to be what you need. Now, could there be an instance where possibly you could graph two lines and find the intersection, plot the point? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, yes, you could probably do that. And it may help you on a problem or two. I don't know. But again, that takes time. And the last thing I want a student to do is to try to figure out graphs or figure out how to use the calculator when you're not familiar with it. So unless you can do it unbelievably fast and efficiently, you probably don't want to be using the graphing portion on your calculator. And in general, I just say don't use it anyway, because no problem on the ACT is designed to be answered using a graphing calculator. You should be able to do those without it because not everybody has graphing calculators. So do you need a graphing calculator for the ACT? No. Do the fancy calculators that have programmable memory and all that and all the fancy little buttons, does, does it help? It can. So yes, my two oldest used the TI-84 uh, plus calculator. That was the calculator that both of mine used, but I was very clear with them. Don't try to do a bunch of graphing stuff on that calculator during the ACT because that's not what you need to do. Um, so just in general, uh, it's good to have one, but we don't want to become dependent upon it um, to where we have to use graphing and different things like that. So no. All right, next up. If you leave to use the restroom during the ACT, you're done. You have to leave the test. You can't return. Well, actually, that's not true. Um, you do. You are able to return to the test. Uh, that is something that, uh, you know, I've, I've heard different arguments about this. Uh, the rule book, I, I think, is pretty clear. Now, this certainly could have changed or could change. But a student has the right to leave the room and go to the restroom and return to the test. Now, the clock does not stop. The time keeps running. But in the past, you've always been able to leave the room to go to the restroom and you can return. Uh, not something I would recommend. I recommend you use the bathroom before the test, use the bathroom at the break, and then between uh, math and reading, and then, um, you know, you're good. But certainly if you had an emergency, something happened, you would be able to leave to use the restroom and you can return. So if you're ever taking an ACT, just raise your hand. The administrator will come to you. Say, look, I have to use the restroom and I will hurry and be right back. And then you close and go. Now, I have had students tell me that administrators have said, no, you're not allowed to leave the room. If you leave the room, um, that'll be the end of your test. I don't believe that's the rule. It never has been the rule. And I'm certainly uh, open to hearing if that has changed. But uh, you are allowed to leave the room if you have to use the restroom and uh, you can come back, all right? Unless, again, that's changed. All right, next up. Taking calculus in high school helps your ACT score. Well, really, 
this is a misconception in one way and not a misconception in the other. So I want to try to clarify this. I addressed this in the episode of what math classes take in high school and when. But I'm going to go through it one more time here in the, from the perspective of is it a misconception. I'll have parents who will say, hey, my son's really struggling on the ACT math. He's a great math student. I don't understand what's going on. He's taking AP Calc right now. And, you know, I just can't figure out why he's struggling on math. And so I'll always ask, is your son around? She'll say, yeah, he's right here. And I'll say, hey, turn and ask your son how many derivatives he saw on the last ACT. And I'll hear her. She'll go, hey, how many derivatives did you see on the ACT? And she'll be like, he said none. There, were, there weren't any. I'll be like, okay, then ask him how many integrals were on the last ACT. And I'll hear, he wants to know how many integrals were on the last test. And she'll be like, yeah, he said there weren't any of those either. I said, exactly. There's no calculus on the ACT, none. But what is on there? Roughly 40% of it's geometry. I'll say, now, when did he take geometry? His freshman year. See, pre-algebra, algebra one, algebra two, geometry, that's the majority of the test. There's some trig on there, but it's just a few questions but there's no calculus. So when people say, hey, you need to take calculus because it'll help your ACT score, really that's a misconception. There's no calculus on the test. What is important though, is that you are taking a fourth unit of math. The senior year, you need a math. So when I say it's partly a misconception, partly not, see, I had my kids take calculus. Why? Because I wanted them doing math. They needed to be in a math class. And so I wanted them to keep doing math, speaking that language. I took AP Calc in high school also. And again, there wasn't any, you know, calculus on the test, but the fact that I was doing math kept me speaking the language and it definitely helped my score. So calculus, the course in itself is not a huge help but doing math your senior year is. All right, the next misconception. You get points just for putting your name on the answer sheet. Well, that is false. You do not get any points for putting your name on the answer sheet. You can get no questions right on the ACT and score a one. That's the lowest you can get is a one. You're gonna get a one up to a 36. So if you get zero questions correct, you get a one on the ACT. I, I've, heard, I've heard people say, hey, uh, just put your name down. You, you get a 10 on your ACT. That, no, all right? If you just put your name on it, you're going to make a one. So what happens, though, if you put your name on it and then you randomly guess on every question for the entire test? How high would you score? Let's just say the odds play out. Well, I'm going to go through the numbers and let you know. All right, so here's what I did. I pulled out the national ACT test that was recently given that ACT gives you for free. This is uh, the preparing for the ACT test. It's the booklet that students can get in the counseling office for free. It's also a free download on ACT's website. You just Google search preparing for the ACT test PDF, ACT.org, and below the ads, it'll be the first link. So I just pulled that out. And I looked at what the grading scale was for that test. Now, it's not always the same, but uh, because the, the, the grading scales vary just a little bit. There's some normalization of the scores that takes place. 
But I pulled this one out and calculated it. Now, this is going to really surprise some of you. In English, there are 75 questions, four choices per question. So if you randomly guess and you get one out of four correct, you are going to get, the math comes out to 18.75 questions correct. So we're going to say 19 questions correct. If you got 19 questions correct on this test, you made an 11 in English. So you can make an 11 in English on this by randomly guessing and the odds playing out. In math, there are 60 questions and five choices per question. So if you randomly guess on this one, you would get 12 questions correct. And if you got 12 questions correct on this math test, that would be a 14 in math. Now, that's kind of fascinating. On this ACT test, without trying, you could make a 14 in math by randomly guessing if the odds played out. That's just incredible. Reading. There are 40 questions, four questions, four choices per question. So if you randomly guess and the odds play out, you get 10 to the 40 correct. You just made a 12 in reading. And then finally, science, same, 40 questions, four choices per question. If you get 10 correct on this test, you made a 13 in science. So you made an 11, 14, 12, and 13. That averages out to 12.5. So your composite score is rounded to 13. On this ACT, if you randomly guess and the odds play out, you'd make a 13 on that test. That is incredible. And it, usually it comes out to 11 or 12. The times that I've calculated, it comes out to 11 or 12. So this tells you right here that when students are making fours and fives and sixes on ACTs, yeah, they're not answering the questions, they're going to sleep. So you can, you can just know that right up front. I mean, if I can randomly guess on this test and make a 13, that's, that's incredible. So don't believe that if you put your name on it, you're going to get points because you're not. You're going to be down there at a one on the ACT. But also, don't believe when students say, yeah, that section was so hard and I just didn't know what I was doing and I tried, but I got a seven. Uh, don't believe that unless he or she's just a horrendous guesser, okay? Because usually you're going to be an 11 or 12 uh, if you randomly guess. And on this one, it was a 13. All right, and to sum up all of the misconceptions, I'm going to give you probably my number one misconception, pet peeve, drive me insane, one of all. And the misconception is you have to stay for the fifth experimental section of the ACT. Now listen closely. If you've listened to this episode up to this point, Please focus on this because this one drives me crazy. As many of you know, after you finish science, you'll think you're going home. Now, those that are taking the writing will go to, you know, do the writing, whatever. But if you're not taking the writing, you finish science, you'll think you're going home. And then your test administrator will say the famous line, now we will begin the fifth experimental section of the ACT. She'll say, now this section will not affect your score. This section will be graded. It is crucial you give your best effort. However, this score will not be included in your composite, nor will it change your, you know, other four sections. But again, it is crucial that you give your best effort. This is a 30-minute test. You may begin. All right, listen. 
it is, in my opinion, it is unethical that ACT is fooling students into believing they have to stay for this. It's unethical that they are using students basically as free labor to study future test questions or whatever. This is absurd. It should stop immediately. I cannot believe they do this. And here is the bottom line. You are allowed to leave an ACT anytime you want. All you have to do is as soon as that section starts, get your things, stand up, walk to the front of the room, hand her the test, hand her your answer sheet and say, I am not staying for the fifth experimental section. I'm leaving now. All right. I always tell students, do this in a very respectful way. Don't be mad at the test administrator. She is doing her job. ACT is paying her to administer that test. She is working a job, making money, and doing exactly what she has been hired to do. She's reading to you out of the manual. She's administering the test just like she is supposed to. Don't get mad at your test administrator. What you should be mad at is ACT, the corporation, for this joke of a fifth test. This is absurd they do it. They should not do this. It is wrong. It's unethical. They should not do it. I cannot believe they fool thousands of students into believing that they have to stay there because it matters for their scores. I knew one student who walked out of this fifth section, as she should have, and then she never got her score. She started calling. The, her, her mom called ACT. They called, and ACT said, nope, um, that, that test was turned in, and it was logged as that test was not to be graded. See, when you leave an ACT, you have a choice. You can leave an ACT at any time and you say, yes, I want this graded or no, I do not want this graded. And what happened was is she left and the test administrator put it down as she did not want it graded. I, I used to say in my workshop, listen, anytime you're given the fifth experimental section, you walk up to the front of the room and you say, I want this graded, but I am leaving. I'm not staying for this. Well, I, I don't even know if you say is I, I need to leave. I, I was at one school. I had been teaching this for years and the test administrator told me that the entire room that she was administrating, the entire room got up and left during the fifth experimental section. So she's like, we were done. And this is what needs to happen. If you are a test administrator, you need to tell your students, tell your test center beforehand Listen, if you have the fifth experimental section, if the entire room just gets up and walks out, no one has to take it and we all go home sooner. That's what you should do. If you are a counselor, you should tell your students, listen, I want all of you to do it together. When the fifth experimental section starts, all of you walk out, come up, turn your tests in, say, I want it graded and leave. Uh, it, anyway, so the, the question I get is, okay, that sounds really great, but what if I leave and then they don't grade my test? That is the risk. That is the risk. And it is a small risk because, you know, I mean, who knows what that test administrator is going to do? The test administrators try to do what's right. There's no question. These are great people that are trying to do what's right. So if you're taking the ACT at your high school, and you know that your counselor, one of the teachers, is going to administer the test, I would talk to her beforehand. And I would just say, look, if I get the fifth experimental section, I'm not going to stay. I plan on leaving. I want to make sure my test is graded. Do you have any problem with that? My daughter, Casey, was taking the test 
And when they got to the fifth experimental section, obviously she had had students who had been to my workshop in the past who were walking out. And she made an announcement to the room that if any student got up during the fifth experimental section and said he was leaving or she was leaving and not taking that test, that she would void their test and it would not be graded. Well, that's absolutely ridiculous because the rules state I can leave anytime I want and I declare if my test is great or not, not the test administrator. So that was ridiculous. She should not have done that. Uh, again, uh, this, this really bothers me because uh, of what ACT is doing here. I asked Casey, I said, well, what did you do? And she said, well, when she said that, I stayed there. And I said, well, you did the right thing. Because I said, ultimately, she's the authority. She's the authority of that room. And if that's what she says, then just take a 30-minute nap. And I said, now, you did not try on any of those questions, did you? She said, of course not. I didn't try. So if you have an administrator that puts it like that, you will stay or I'll void your test. I would go to sleep. I would not try on any of them. Whatever you do, don't try on these questions. And then I would file a complaint with ACT that afterwards, just file a complaint with ACT. Say, hey, it's ridiculous. You tried to get me to take a fifth experimental section that I don't have to take. And I tried to walk out. They wouldn't let me. Um, so, you know, this is ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, so that's a huge misconception. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. And I hope that students rally together and counselors, advisors, students, all of you together start walking out of these things. And bottom line is ACT will stop giving it. If everybody stops taking it, ACT will stop giving it. And whatever you do, don't try on those questions because they are ridiculous. Okay, now I know I got off on a massive rant there. But as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about the fifth experimental section. It drives me crazy. So don't do it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the three-part series on misconceptions about the ACT and how to avoid those. And hopefully that'll give you some thoughts and some things that you can do that will not only give you some peace, but might help you approach it a little bit differently. You can find all my classes on calendar.chadcargo.com. As I've said the last few weeks, that is changing. So keep an eye on that. We've had schools just uh, very recently, even just moving to the spring still because of COVID-related issues. And we're going to be uh, updating that a lot as we go. So make sure you keep in touch uh, or keep looking at calendar.chadcargo.com. If you have questions, you can always email us. I'm chad at chadcargo.com. My assistant Penny is penny at chadcargo.com. You can call our office at 405-454-3233. And if you do not see a workshop close to you, I would love to come to your area. So hopefully uh, you could get something together. You could email us, call us, and we can try to get something worked out to where I can come to you. My prep book is online, chadcargo.com. You can order it right off the website and they're $25 online. Uh, I will also have them at the workshop for sale as well. And that's how you can get the book. Our speed readings online. And the Academy is uh, there as well. I'm working on that, academy.chadcargo.com. I'll hopefully have some courses out in the near future. And our mastermind groups are still open as well. And you can find all that information on academy.chadcargo.com. And that, the, the mastermind groups are for those that wish for a little more help, a little more one-on-one, -on -one, a little more of uh, me being involved. And I'm certainly willing to do that. And you'll find all the information, all the details there on academy.chadcargill.com. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for the Misconceptions series. I appreciate you listening, and I hope you have a great week. I'll be back with you again next week for more. I'll talk to you soon.